trust we're having a great day. I trust we're having a great time. Yesterday we began to look at um, the continuation from the introduction of our recent podcast, our confessions, and um, we, we stayed on a bit on Hebrews 11. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, and looking at them, the mindset of, of these people who, though they haven't received the promises or the promise, they looked forward to it. And looking forward to it, they did not consider this um this earthly this physical world this earthly um this earthly world per se and uh, we began to actually see something yesterday that um the promise was actually pointing to um immortality to immortality because we saw um, in Hebrews 11 verse 19 concluding that God was able to raise him up meaning Isaac even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense so we looked at that and we saw that even though he did not kill Isaac because a lamb was was pointed to him that was caught in a thicket and he killed that lamb, and which is actually um, symbolic of Christ, who is actually um, the perfect lamb of sacrifice, who died and rose again. So he having Isaac back was figurative of the resurrection of Christ. Remember, in Isaac, the seed shall be called. In Isaac, your seed shall be called. So that was figurative of the resurrection of, of Christ. So if we look at 11, um, Hebrews 11, 39, after all the heroes of faith had been mentioned and all their feats, and their dispositions now 39 says and all these meaning these men these women having obtained a good report a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise so whatsoever it is they hoped for you see they hoped for they hoped for something that was not um, within their reach they hoped for something that was not within their reach, but they, 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 they looked forward to it, knowing fully well that it would surely come to be within their reach. So, and all of these, having obtained a good testimony through it, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. This promise, okay. Let us see how Paul actually um, recalled 
this promise. How Paul actually called this promise in his sermon to the Jews in Acts chapter 13. Now, um, he began preaching to them from verse 16 down to, to 29. Now, when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the tomb. But God raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings, that promise which was made to the fathers. Oh, praise God. See, that promise which was made to the fathers, that promise which was made to the the fathers, God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. Oh, glory to God. In that he has raised up Jesus. In other words, the promise made to the Father was resurrection. Was resurrection. One look look at it in in a very clear time was resurrection. Was that Christ will rise up again. But you see, the resurrection of Jesus has a great import and impact on the church on us you see and we declare to you glad tidings that promise which was made to the fathers god has fulfilled this for us their children in that he has raised us raised up jesus as it is also written in the second psalm you are my son today i have begotten you begotten you you are my son today i have begotten you you, know, you see he's, he's being called the first the first begotten from the dead the first begotten from the dead and that he and that he raised him from the dead no more to return to corruption he has spoken thus and that he raised him from the from the dead no more to return to corruption he has spoken thus i will give you the sure mercies of David, I will give you the assurances of David. That's quoting Isaiah 53, 50, 55, verse 3. I will give you the assurances of David. I will give you the assurances of David. So, in other words, the assurances of David was resurrection. The assurances of David was resurrection. But we really need to actually look at the resurrection of Jesus. What was it about? He was buried in sin or as sin, and he was raised up in righteousness or as righteousness. Now, the most one thing you have to see here is this. Let's go back to 32. And we declare to you glad tidings, good news. That promise, that promise, that promise, that year is a demonstrative adjective. It is pointing to something, something that can be related with that promise and we, have, we saw that promise in abraham isaac sarah abel that promise noah that promise all the patriarchs in hebrews 11 that promise which was made to the fathers god has fulfilled in other words the fulfillment of the promise 
is what we have as good news today. Praise God forevermore. The fulfillment of the promise is what we have as the gospel today. This is very, very instructive. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. That is the fulfillment of the promise. As it is also written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. 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 He has spoken for us. I will give you the assurances of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, that's Psalm 16, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. That is decay. That is decay. So that we begin to understand the resurrection of Jesus. What is all about? That is decay. Now pay attention to what, what, what happens again. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. And saw corruption. David saw corruption. That is, David's body in his tomb decayed. But the body of Jesus in the tomb did not decay. He did not see corruption. So you, you see that? See? And that he raised him from the dead. No more to return to corruption. Corruption there is no more to return to death. That means he cannot die again. And when he says, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption, it was implying what? Decay bodily decay. The body of Jesus in the tomb did not decay. You see, so I remember that the resurrection of Jesus was his mortal body putting on immortality. Very, very, very important. His mortal body putting on immortality. This immortality, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, was what they looked for. Was what they looked for. This immortality was what they looked for was what Abraham looked for, was what they looked for. Let's go back to Hebrews 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Praise God. Okay, let's look at it from, from 13. These all died in, in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from, having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims too on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, a better, that is a heavenly country. A better, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. For he has prepared a city for them. For he has prepared a city for them. He has prepared a city for them. Praise God. He has prepared a city for them. You see, he has prepared a city for them. You see, you might be noting that what they were looking for was um, one heavenly hope per se. What they were looking forward to was immortality. It was immortality. It was immortality. Immortality. Immortality, this mortal body putting on immortality. That was what they were looking for. That was what they were looking for. 
40. See, that was what they hoped for. Remember, the promise made to the fathers will bring to you glad tidings. Glad tidings. You see, glad tidings will bring to you glad tidings. We bring to you glad tidings. That promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled. God has fulfilled. God has fulfilled. You see, God has fulfilled. God has fulfilled that promise. God has fulfilled. And the fulfillment of that promise is upon the resurrection of Jesus. Now, the resurrection of Jesus, like I said earlier, is actually his immortality. It's actually his immortality. That immortality we have not attained. So, what is the import of the resurrection of Jesus? To the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the believer. The import of the resurrection of Jesus is this, that the one who believes has eternal life. The one who believes has eternal life. The one who believes now receives the promise of the Holy Ghost. That was in Galatians 3 yesterday. Receives the promise of the Holy Ghost. Now he has immortality in his spirit, not immortality. Now he has immortality in his spirit, not immortality bodily. You pay attention to this. Immortality in the spirit, not immortality bodily. That is why even though um, even though um, we have eternal life, that's why it's called people who still die. Believers still die. Believers still die. Believers still feel pain in the body because their bodies are still dead. Their bodies are seated. Our bodies are seated because of Adam's sin. You see, we still have mortal bodies, a body that can die. But we have not, we have not attained immortality. That means we have not attained, attained that body by which Jesus rose from the dead with no. Jesus rose up as immortal man. He rose up as immortal man. This is what this is what they hoped for. And now it has been fulfilled. It has been fulfilled. It has been fulfilled. Which was why upon the resurrection of Jesus, you see, the Gospels will now tell us that the graves were opened and many who were dead did what? Did what? After the resurrection of Jesus, they, did what? they rose. They rose up. They rose up. And why did they rise up? Because, because they had faith in what was promised. And that which was promised has been fulfilled. And the import of that which has been fulfilled in they that believe is eternal life. So because they now have eternal life, death could not also hold them captive. They rose up after the resurrection of Jesus. And that's why Jesus is being called the first begotten from the dead. Then those who fell asleep in him will see all that in 1 Corinthians 15. Why I'm building... Why I'm building on this is so that we understand the promise. Remember, remember, I said, uh, remember uh, what was saw in, um, in Hebrews chapter 10, which actually gave them, um, which actually became the premise for what we're looking at now. Hebrews 10, um, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So, this was what we actually were looking at. What was promised, and we have not seen what was promised. What was promised was immortality. And the import of that upon believing is what is eternal life. Immortality is the spirit. It is the spirit. It is eternal life. 
You see, we have it in our spirits, but not bodily. Of which we will now see, you see, when he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. What hope? What hope? What hope? What is this confident confession? What is this confident confession that we should hold fast to without wavering? For he who promised is faithful in his immortality. It is immortality. We're going to see that in Romans chapter 8. We're going to see that in 1 Corinthians 15. Why am I why am I actually staying on this? So that when we understand all this, then we really understand what faith confessions for the believer primarily is. Because we have majored on the minor and now minor on the major. So we have we have um, we have built ourselves to learn how to, to know how to confess for things, to speak things. You, you understand? And we call that faith confessions. I'm not actually debunking, debunking that. We're going to see that that also. But we are believers. You know, you know, Christianity is also called the great confession. So what is our confession? What are we speaking? Because the resurrection of Jesus and eternal the resurrection of Jesus, of the import of it to also believe is eternal life. It actually implies that what we say, what we confess, must be in consent with or in agreement with what has been said concerning the resurrection. So that is actually what faith confession is. So our confessions primarily must be aligned with what has been said concerning the, the, the gospel, concerning the resurrection of Jesus. Yes, concerning the eternal life which we have received. The promise made to the fathers eternally fulfilled in us. That promise is eternal life, is the spirit within. That spirit within is the hope for our salvation. What salvation? The redemption of our bodies. We're going to see all this as we continue in this um, episode. So I just want us to get clarity on what the promise is. We'll see much more as we continue studying. Then we'll actually wrap up this episode by actually making confessions in line with what has been said concerning the resurrection. Remember, Timothy was told to lay to fight the good fight of faith, to lay hold on eternal life of which you have been called and, and of which you, you profess the good confession. And Jesus was also said to have made the good, to have witnessed, to testify, to have witnessed the good confession before Pilate. And we saw what Jesus said. We saw what he witnessed, what he agreed to. You understand? He agreed to him being king, Lord, he also having a kingdom which is not of this world. And we know that that kingdom, we so that that kingdom is in the spirit. Praise God. The kingdom is in the spirit. And where is the spirit? The spirit is in us, those of us who believe. So where is the kingdom of Jesus? It is in us. So where is the, 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 the domain of Jesus? It's in the believer. Where is he ruling from? It's in the believer. You see that? Praise God forevermore. I believe you've been blessed by this um, episode and this podcast and um, I just want us to, to, to keep our, our, our minds fixed on the truth of um, Jesus' um, resurrection. So so we understand what we, what, what we, what we confess. Is it because when we, when, when I believe you, you must have gone through all the texts that I read on, on the introduction and we've seen that none had nothing to do with anything material. None had anything to do with anything material and this is instructive. So, because we should major on the major, 
we shouldn't major on the minor and minor on the major. We can't build our lives on things that will fade away. No, we should build our lives much more on things that are eternal, on things that are of eternal value. And I pray for us that our minds will be flooded with light, that we will come to better understanding of that which we have received upon the resurrection of Jesus. And this will actually influence our confessions. That as we make this confession, speaking in concert with what has been said concerning the resurrection of Jesus, we begin to find strength, ability, capacity, enablement, boldness to go about what the Lord will have us do, to live for Him, to strengthen our devotions, and to be consecrated unto Him till all is done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening. I remain Pastor Chooks, Pastor Lightning Equipment Network, Obewe here in Nigeria. Keep listening, keep sharing, and God bless you.